Is this the top floor? Yeah. You live on, you live on the top floor of a walk-up in East Village? It's gorgeous. I think it was just recently retouched, and it's this nice eggshell blue, and uh, it looks like they're really working hard on take, caretaking this building, aren't they? Day in, day out. Yeah. Day in, day it's a, and the, I love the velvet carpet on the yeah. on, on the floor, right. and uh, the ornate sort of... Look at the wainscoting. It's, it's, uh, it's a thing to... <laughs> you don't know what wainscoting is? No, that's good. <laughs> All right. All right. Not so bad out here. Not, not bad. It's not so bad. I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. Um, I mean, it's it's nice and it's nice and warm. I, you hot, don't feel like you're being roasted from the inside. No. Not like right you now. walked into a sauna. This feels good to me. Good to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you want to just introduce yourself? Tell us where we are. First Avenue and Seventh Street, New York City, one triple oh three. Okay, and uh, who are you? I'm your friend from high school. Yeah, but you're so much more than just that, aren't you? Of course. Why do you like living here? Um, I like living here because look at all the people. You can. It's so much fun to just see all these people and every now and then you actually meet one that you know I mean it's surprisingly often actually and, you know the more the more time you spend here the more likely that is to happen I like that that's cool like the other day I was um, I went to to see a, a friend a friend's sister perform at a, at a music venue on Avenue C and uh, she was amazing what kind of music? Uh, she's um, she's from Rio Rio de Janeiro, and she's a singer, I guess it would be like folksy rock, she, she was really amazing, Ava Roca is her name, Ava Roca, R-O-C-H-A. Was that a plug? Let's, um... Is that a plug? That's should be here. I think that was a plug. I think it was a plug. You just plugged her music on I'm my... I'm recommending her music to you. Oh, okay. On my... You know that there are literally tens of thousands of people who listen to this. I didn't know that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a huge, huge audience. People, I've gotten letters from people in Norway. Oh yeah. Taiwan. All right. Long time. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Oh yeah. So, okay, so you like meeting people? Yes. Well, a friend of mine once said, like, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing about living in your city is you're always looking for that quiet space, and when you're but outside you can... of the city, you're always looking for social life. That, so that, that's the, the name of the game, I guess. This is not quiet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know, I'm saying like... We're so just... we're walking from my room, which is air-conditioned and somewhat acoustically treated, to a restaurant, which will... I'm not, it's will it be... Not that quiet, actually. Will it be air-conditioned and acoustically treated? I don't know that it's air-conditioned, actually. That's okay with me. I, don't, I, I actually don't mind the heat, either. I was sort of being silly about that. Yeah.
Well, Ben Epstein and I go back a long way. In fact, his name isn't actually Ben Epstein. It's a pseudonym that we agreed upon. I was wondered how people agreed upon pseudonyms. That name is close to the actual name that they have, or as far from the name that they actually have as possible. I guess we'll never know. So in the first part, you're listening to Ben and me as we strolled through the sweltering streets of New York City on a Saturday night. Uh, then we happen upon a restaurant. It's uh, Ben's favorite, a Moroccan restaurant, and we spend some time there. We tell a story which is from our collective childhoods when we were 14 years old and ninth graders. Um, it's a kind of a defining moment because in this moment it's when uh, Ben gets mugged and has his watch stolen from him. And a lot of things stem from there. After that, we move on to Washington Square Park to continue the conversation. I don't know. I'm very aware of my, of my microphone directionality. Yeah. Since you're a pro. Yeah. So I don't mind being amplified on your on your podcast. You know, through like. So it's not that I don't I don't want to be heard. I just don't want to be seen enjoying myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be. I don't, I don't want to create the impression that I'm enjoying myself. Or that I'm, like, worthy of an interview. Why? What, what does that mean? Um, what does someone witnessing you enjoying yourself or being worthy of being interviewed <laughs> mean? Um, well, that's something to, uh, I'll, I'll have to ponder. Um, I really feel like I made a, an effort at some point... You know, in, in, uh, in my 20s to put myself in situations which were, you know, uh, that were not expected, of, you know, of, of me given my, like, you know, socioeconomic, racial background. So, uh, what would be an example of a situation? Like, how did you do that? Um, just like, um, I don't know, I would meet someone on the street, um, selling records and he would say I, I have some more at my place in the projects you know like in Harlem like alright let's go and then we ended up becoming friends you know and like hanging out again I, I do believe that um, all the isms you know are are social ills you know they're not an individual it's not an individual problem right like we are we are we share the, the issue of racism right and it's up to each one of us as individuals to be to be conscious of it and then you know like basically you teased it out in your, in your uh, episode number five well there's the famous story would you like to tell the story or would you like me to tell the story you know, like, uh, what I found really interesting about the story is that I have zero recollection of it the story is great isn't, isn't that interesting we're sitting in the cafeteria we're in ninth grade we're the nerdiest like just biggest targets <laughs> in the whole joint um, and some guys come up to us and really all I remember is they're like they said to you hey that's a nice watch <laughs> and you were like sort of s stunned you didn't know how to respond and you're like yeah it's sure it's a, it's a nice watch and then the guy goes can I see it and you kind of hesitated and you looked at me because you knew what was happening they were going to steal your watch. And they were doing it in this, like, really unconventional way by 
asking you to see it. So it was your choice to hand over the watch. That's how I remember the story. And then, of course, you handed it to them, and then they were gone. And that's how... That's how it, did, it, did something else happen? Did I miss something? Well, like I told you, what I find really interesting about it... See, I don't find it funny. I find it humiliating. Of course. And, um, In retrospect, it's funny. At the time, it was awful. See, the thing is, I personally, I literally, literally blacked it out. Do you remember the color of the skin of the guy who came up to you? Yeah. Uh, well, I... Was it multiple I, guys or one guy? Was, was it two? I mean, I'm, from your story, you sound like it was two. I remember it being more than one. I remember it being maybe two. Like, were they, like... So they were, were they bigger, heavier, skin, slim? Do you remember? I, I, they didn't seem all that imposing physically. Right, right. In my memory. Right, right. And, and the approach was cordial. <laughs> I mean, that's the part that's funny to me, in retrospect. Okay. At the time, I was terrified. At the time, I was right. thinking, well, to what's going to happen? Well, Anything can happen. Right, so like, what's interesting... So that they were they were they were black kids, right? They were 14, 15, 16 maybe. Um, and what you know, what's interesting about racism is that you know, like, so that's where you know, you, and it's kind of a combination of racism. You know, it's uh, there's there's bullying going on, and then there's also an atmosphere of racial tension. Was I think was. Which in, in nobody talked about. Right. We were talking about um, the, the one of the, the first time that I got mugged. Is that the word in high school? Please call mug. I mean, I guess you had some property stolen from you by yeah. force. Like that's that's mugging. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that you that you recognize that it was that you use the word force because it, you know even though it wasn't obvious, I think that's I don't know. It was threatening. Right. Um, so it happened another. It happened again two years later. Maybe actually just a year later. A year later it happened. I, I was sitting on out on the uh, steps, uh, the rear of the high school, um, by the um, where the theater, the steps of the theater at the rear of the high school. You remember those steps? I do. Um, I was just sitting there by myself, and uh, you know, like. Big black guy, just from from the high school. I, I don't know if you if you even went to high school, but uh, he just you know came up to me and and uh, just basically asked me for. I, I was I was eating uh, cookies, Pepperidge Farm cookies, mint, <laughs> Pepperidge Farm cookies, and I had something else. He just took them, took the things, and then my mom picked me up. <laughs> you know. You know, so like, anyway, so so what? What? I think it was in um, my not my my freshman year of college, or I don't remember when it was that I um, that I I you know, read the first Noam Chomsky essay, and it was basically about how you know what is what Israel was doing to the Palestinians now is you know just they're they're, they're recreating you know what, what what the Nazis did in terms of just you know like the perpetrator victim. Um, <clears throat> theater, they're just you know here it is again, and I so it re- that resonated with me very strongly, and 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 I sort of immediately I so, I found something very comfortable in 
possessing that knowledge that this is what's going on. Like this is, I, I now understand, you know, like, like you can be, you can be the perpetrator or you can be the victim in life. The reason I bring this up is in relation to the, um, all, all the, the racial tensions in the high school and, and how if you're, if you're, if you're the victim in, in, um, in a racist society, you can get a certain power from, from you're saying, all right, I'm the victim, so I can, I'll just do whatever the fuck I, I, I please because I'm screwed either way, right? So I'll just go mugging people or, you know, and if I get caught, well, it doesn't matter. I would have wound up in jail anyway, right? Because however many percentage of, black, you know, black males wind up in jail no matter what. If the, you know, if the game was, you know, like uh, mugger, muggy, I was the victim in that sense. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't ever allow myself to I blocked it out I find that to me that's a really interesting as I've mentioned every single time this has come up <laughs> also like twice before in this recording that the fact that I blocked it out why, well, I blocked it out because I, di- I didn't I never actually dealt with the feelings of being of being you know victimized of being you know like taken from why not because it's it's horrific right it, so I, you know, even when you were talking about it, now that I'm more like in touch with my like you know feelings and all that stuff, this is the first time that I can say, wait, don't stop, stop laughing at it. You know, like it's not funny to me actually. You know, so um, but you know I'm old enough, mature enough to understand the situation in our high school, um, and I don't think that you know losing a uh, you know I was the white privileged kid you know from the nice part of town with the swatch watch because that was like the hot thing to have at the time um that didn't even cross my mind you know that like this is like a, a, state, a political uh, statement having the watch on yeah yeah and then the stealing of the watch oh yeah yeah right yeah all, the, all of that um so I didn't so now I can understand that but what I, I feel like the world, you know, we are working to create is one in which those things might happen and the feelings of everyone involved are acknowledged and, dis- and discussed. So, so, you know, in that sense, I didn't talk about that. And, I, and I, to me, there's a parallel between not talking about that and not talking about in my family where um, we had a... Uh, you know, on my my mother's side, both of her grandparents and three of her aunts and uncles were murdered in the Holocaust. That was not discussed in my family, right? Which is a very common thing, right? Traumatic events don't get talked about, and these things get sort of limits to what's what's okay to talk about are set forth and passed on to you know kids and in families and stuff like that. I, and I and I feel like the fact that I didn't say anything about about all this stuff is fits perfectly in line with how I was raised not to like not not to talk about these things. It is at this point that I feel like it's it's somewhat of a fair question to ask, or it's somewhat fair of me to ask you to then actually elaborate upon what you were talking about before in terms of putting yourself deliberately putting yourself in situations that. Would were were in direct opposition to your upbringing of shelter and quote unquote safety, but really more 
avoidance, ignorance. Um, that is to say, like, to to wake yourself up. I don't know how you knew how to do this, but to w- to wake yourself up by putting yourself in situations where, let's say, you were the only white person around, to be sort of blunt about it, right? Going to Harlem, trading record, whatever it might be, right? Right. I was I was getting involved with like hip hop artists. Hip-hop, and also, right. yeah. and you were doing that pretty early on. Once you're on your own in college, it's like, oh, there are no tethers on me. I, I can do what I want. And so, what I recall from that point of your life, because I've known you for. 28 years, mm-hmm. um, you you started to get involved um, in producing hip-hop music. Right. And that immediately put you into a crowd of people who, well, for one, I had absolutely no access to, or thought I had no access to, or was af- afraid of, right? Right. And I, I remember thinking about you and talking about you as someone who was courageous and probably a little crazy, because that's not a world that we walked in. And here you were walking in it, seemingly with ease. Well, let me. Can I? Can I? So now, that's my now with some high, a little bit of hindsight. hindsight and wisdom of the ages. You know, like I can say that no, I was not at ease, and there was, and I, I would be lying if I were to say you know, that it was a um, that it was a um, like a way to correct, you know, my 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 own beliefs about about um, my own privilege and, and, and just how you know, racism, basically, you know, to, to, or, to prejudice. Your, upend your white supremacy. Pre- yeah, pre- all, all sorts of prejudice. I knew that that was, that was part of, part of the, the puzzle. However, I feel like the driving force, and it's complicated, it's not any one thing, but I feel like it's exactly related to what I was just telling you, where it was this... I didn't understand. I was scared, right? And I didn't understand why I was scared. I had no outlet. I had no. I didn't have the ability to communicate this or anyone to listen to me about it. You know. Um, so, my way of understanding my my fear was to just go deeper, you know, and and just put myself in situations which were never. They, they it wasn't easy. I dove into it unconsciously. Yeah. Like I didn't under. It wasn't you know, intentional. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. you thought about this cognitively. And it caused me a lot of stress, frankly. But look, this is so. Look, what am I? What have I? I realize what have I been doing? You know, like music, music, wide open field. You know, like and you know. Now I realize I actually wish I. Well, you can't. I just forget regrets. But now I realize in music you could just you could study. You know like music of the you know uh, like like po- you know po- the renaissance medieval music indigenous uh, people in malaysia yeah like tuning systems from right from like pakistan or whatever whatever it may be right it's wide open as we listen to the this drummer i'm not so crazy about this drummer like i was stubborn i was adamant i have been adamant about what i want to make hit songs that hit the urban crowd you know like that because and a lot of that is ego frankly you know like I want to show like I get it this check this out I understand all of this I can you know and the let, let the music the music 
I put that in quotes because it's become a lot. It's just beca- because as I become more aware of what it is I'm doing, it's just it feels like less like like magical to me. Um, that like this, I kind of cornered myself by not recognizing the what was motivating me, the fears, the, essentially the fears that that were motivating me to to like to decide to do things like sit in my room tuning bass drums um, and damaging my hearing so it would be the perfect bass drum better than anyone else's you know um, and so and like that's how I'm going to be under, be appreciated you know um, so you're obsessed by that yeah and you're not anymore well now I understand that I have been and, I, and the, the truth is now that like I know that I'm really good at it I know that like I, I make stuff and who likes it? It's like anyone who's into like like beat, dance, urban, quote unquote urban music. You know, um, they all love it. And then, but I also as I, what's up? This is my. This is you. You're far from home, man. I know, but I always come in. Since I came in '83, that's where my family brought me first. '83. Here. Yeah. Park. Come and see the Rastas. Yeah. I came in young and vibrant. My hair was long. Come see the Rastas. I know my home in the islands. I used to know it. So I said, come here. And I've never stopped coming to Washington Square Park. You know, it's a nice place. I'm going to watch a little track and field tonight, Olympics. Nice, man. All right. Please. I'll see you. It's perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's, could it be more perfect? No. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But what? But, but, but what I'm saying, like, I, what I just told you, and like, look, how did I meet? How did I meet? I forgot his name. Was like, his name was like Paul. I, I his name. How did I meet? I just met him on the street, you know. So yeah, there are advantages. There were advantages to taking these risks. Like actually, the other the, the, last week, I was at this um, at this club, I was seeing this singer sing from Brazil, from Brazil, and I heard this woman's voice outside of the club. And I said to myself, wow, she would be perfect on these two songs I have. It would be perfect. And she was a little bit drunk. Um, and she was being very friendly to, to, to everyone. I was not attracted to her. you know, So I felt very comfortable just speaking to her simply about, would you like to collaborate on some music? And she said, sure. I'm here from San Francisco until, until uh, I'm very busy tomorrow. When I do it. it was 2.30 in the morning. Should we do it now? I was like, all right, let's go. I was speaking about voice, right? Um, Right, and I think I I feel like, oh, why did I choose to work with rappers? Well, because yeah, they were, you know, it, that that was the most unabashed, uh, most in my high school experience. You know, you came across rap. That was that was where people like literally let loose. It seemed, I mean, in, from what I was supposed to, so it was very attractive. You know, you know, basic things, just using like slang, like curse words, making it sound sound cool, talking about girls. You know, I said nothing. You know, in actual real life, so I, so the voice became, became like the instruments, right? And but it's an aggressive form of music. It, it can't not always, but it can be an, an, an aggressive form of music. As I've gotten more, um, as I've done more music, I, I, I use my voice as an instrument, and now I'm actually really grappling with with like lyrics. Why do you want to remain anonymous? Oh, because I, because I have this fantasy that I will, um, 
I will be this uh, well-known music producer. And this uh, podcast will sink you. Yeah. Because <laughs> because so many people will have yeah. heard it that your name will be dismerged. Yeah. In the music industry. Yeah. Well, because no, because and, I, and honestly, I feel like hey, I'm being I'm being totally honest, right? But I feel like uh, there are a lot of you know like people who are like successful in in entertainment and media. And they'll just like pick and choose the things to say about their past that may, they'll make them look good. Well, I'm not doing that, but I'm also aware of how like media functions and how reputations, you know, like get have to be like managed if you if you want to be like successful in a, in a certain way. But I feel like this was like super honest, you know, <laughs> like. But I feel like when it's when it's said in the heat of the battle, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you, anyone can just look at like Facebook and just read a bunch of comments these days. I mean, you'll you're basically. It's not. I don't think it's a win situation for anyone involved. You know. If you say something on this, for example, that can be taken out of context, then it's taken out of context and it can be used against you, and it doesn't matter what the actual meaning was. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so like it's ironic that you would say that because, I mean, one of the seminal things you said in this conversation was just that like. The feelings need to be acknowledged on all sides, right? And and affirmed. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, the feelings need to be recognized, but they aren't. Right. So yeah. it, so so. Right. So you're yeah. stuck. Yeah. What's interesting? I mean, I I, I'm, I, do, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm fascinated by by the comments, comments sections. You know, like whether they be on Facebook I or. Can't read or those. <laughs> well, I think they're really interesting because because like, you know, you look. There's always going to be like the jokers. There's always going to be people who are like are like super close-minded and who obviously only read the headline or are reacting to it. Every now and then, you'll 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 there's a voice that says, "I feel like in like an intelligent voice," and I just I just I just find it interesting to 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 read all that and and I think there's I oh I wonder and I hope that there's uh, sort of a like an, uh, there will be an evolution uh, of understanding, you know, like a progress in people understanding whether through all the all this stuff. Thank you for doing this with me yes, on this thank you. uh sultry, sweltering night in Washington Square Park. Um and uh let's let's move on with our evening. Alright, let's go.